Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friends Alan Gomez, Ryan Skinner, and I are going to be talking about one of the best graphic novel releases of the year, Alex Ross's Fantastic Four Full Circle. Consider yourself warned, there are going to be complete spoilers for Fantastic Four Full Circle by Alex Ross. Also, make sure to check out Cameron Reads Comics on Instagram and YouTube. Also, please make sure to leave a five-star rating and review so more people can check out the show. Now, here's your episode. Welcome back for the second time to Cameron Reads Comics. I'm Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. And today I am at Pulp Fiction Comics with owner-manager Ryan Skinner and my mate, the casual comicer Alan Gomez. How are we doing for the second time, guys? So good. My, I'm, I'm good, but I'm still not as sexy as that. So <laughs> that was That's what he said the first time. It's an average good. You know what? It's a lot better. It's like a six. My good's like a six. <laughs> it's the Latin heat that makes it sound that much nicer. <laughs> and your microphone's on now. That's all I'm, uh, all I'm worried about. My um, mic is sexy. That's not gonna My yeah. mic is hot. I have a lot hot mic. Yeah, you do. Isn't that what that means? Yeah. Okay. It's on. Yeah, so it's hot. Um, today we're going to be reading Fantastic Four Full Circle by Alex Ross. But before you even get into that, I want to have a conversation about the Fantastic Four and them and the Marvel Universe and their place in it. Um, so let's just go, Alan. You, you can go first. What is your relationship with the Fantastic Four? Um, I think for me, Fantastic Four. For some reason, I think they've always just been their own entity. They've all they've always kind of been just separate from the Marvel universe. So, it and especially since they're not currently in the MCU mm-hmm. as well, I think it's hard to see everyone all together. I think the first time I really read uh, Fantastic Four as a part of the greater universe was the the newer version of Secret Wars. Was that Hickman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which is that's a messed up story on its own. I haven't read it yet, so <clears throat> careful. It's it's it. You should read it. It's I've awesome. I've been thinking about Secret Wars recently. I was uh, reposting yeah. um, a account I follow that just posts scenes from books, which I think is great. By the way, that's Wishmore's, the best. Um, it just kind of reminds me to go back and read things. Or sometimes mm-hmm. I see a scene and go, "That's cool. I want to read that." Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it was a scene from Secret Wars, and it kind of reminded me like that was a pretty kick-ass comic. Um, so when you're ready. Cameron, maybe we could do that. Uh, for those of you who have read Secret Wars, my favorite part of that entire bur- book is the burger scene. Oh, I don't... <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I don't remember any burger scene. Oh, I'll tell you later since okay. like, Cameron has like read. before before <laughs> I read that, like I'm gonna go deep in the Hickman because there's there's payoffs in that book from Hickman's Fantastic Four run that just got reprinted. I have all of it, so I'm like, I want to read the fa- Fantastic Four because I guess there's. And I remember, I've read this part where Valeria makes a deal with Doom, and then like I guess that payoff is in Secret Wars, and then the, he does the whole Avengers, New Avengers run. There's two Omnis worth of that, and then I'm like, okay, because Hickman is terrifying to me. So I'm like, just 
In what I, way? In the same way Grant Morrison is, where it's so like heady and there's so much like allusion to stuff that hasn't so terrifying in, in terms of like intimidating yeah it's intimidating okay and i'm like i'm like there's oh just God. a lot of substance yeah and i don't want to do homework i just i who, <laughs> i just said I'd n- i'm never gonna read doom patrol for yeah. like fans uh never gonna read doom patrol by morrison because i'm like i did like i'll never read invisibles or i'll never read doom patrol because i'm like i don't want to like be so heady i'm like i just want to read you know I'll i read hear you. Dr- dan jurgens i don't like, think you can get through grant morrison's batman i i was not able to get through grant morrison's batman without um cliff notes yeah um but once i read this cliff notes i was like oh my god it's incredible it's uh, yeah it, it took me three times to get through the first omni and yeah. i'm like oh wow when i check out the first appearance of batman of zur r it's like this is from the 50s yeah. like that's so cool so all right so to the Fantastic Four. Back to Fantastic Four. Yeah. So you're saying Secret Wars. Sorry. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I, I love all this talk. Uh, no, it's it's always just hard for me to picture Fantastic Four in the greater Marvel universe because they've always just kind of been their own, um, like closed off entity, and I don't know. They just they they just seem so separated. It's almost as if they're in just like a separate Earth. Mm. You know? That's so like, funny. I, I know that they're not. And I know that there's so much crossover. There's so many stories where they're crossed over. But I guess everything I've ever read of Fantastic Four is always, like, away from the greater Marvel universe. Can I take a stab at why you might feel that way? Yes. Um. So, Fantastic Four, obviously, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and... I would okay. So when people think of Marvel comics, especially opposed to DC comic books, like at the time, right? Um, we're like, oh, we like Marvel because we have imperfect characters. We have characters yeah. that are uh, impulsive or whatever or something. Yeah, um, and that kind of got like more and more extreme as it progressed uh, with each like iteration of like Stanley and Jack Jack's characters and Steve Ditko's characters and what have you. Mm-hmm. But Fantastic Four was like the first one. But Fantastic Four really, it's just it's four white people. So the white well, we've got one Jew. We got one Jew and one rock man. And one, it's well, the he, same person. He's a Jew <laughs> and a rock man. I actually uh, always forget that he's Jewish. Yeah. And um, until Marvel puts out the holiday card. <laughs> <laughs> but really, all it, the only thing that was really doing differently is they did have personality, and there was like you know, but it was really just like oh, you fight with your family, right? Like, what about this family? They have yeah. they they have, they fight with their family and bicker and you know all that Absolutely. stuff. So like that was kind of and then Jack Kirby obviously brought all of his insane imagination and incredible artwork and everything like that. Yeah. But all of the later ones, right? Your Spider Man, you know, like your your X Men, your yeah, your uh, 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 Avenger, your Thor's, your Hulk. Yeah. Your... They they, they I, um well I don't know about Thor. Yeah. I'm just, even Thor was like I'm just the, naming Hulk for sure because Hulk is like I turn into a monster and kill people. Yeah. I mean not kill people. You know what I mean? Um, they kind of took the imperfect whatever thing like and they ran with it, right? But Fantastic Four wasn't quite that imperfect. They were really just like, oh, they're the the white family that explores different planets. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe that's why they seem so disconnected from the greater Marvel universe cuz yeah, they are just a family. They were that, the first that, family. Yeah, they're they're Marvel's first family. And then, you know, then uh uh Reed and Sue, they have they have kids and then mm-hmm. it's just it's more of just like the family dynamic. So I think it's just thinking outside the family dynamic, I think is why it's hard to see Fantastic Four a lot of times in the greater Marvel universe because it's like they their dynamic within each other is so I don't know it's so like prominent within their their own stories that it's like it's hard to interject them into other stories I guess yeah 
yeah. Um, Ryan, what about you? I've been trying to think about what I'm going to say about this. I don't really have like a really in-depth thing with Fantastic Four. Um, I've That's been, all just off the top of my head right now. I, I, I've been <laughs> I've been dying to read John Hickman's run, but he keeps going in and out of print. Like, yeah, right. It's really frustrating right now. I, I, I can't get. I think I can get volume two, but I can't yeah. get volume one. Yeah. Or I can get volume one and I can't get volume two. Um, and if I want to, I'm going to read John Hickman's stuff. I'm going to start with FF. I'm going to go all the way through Avengers and yeah, New yeah. Avengers, and then I'm going to get to Secret Wars. Um, I read Secret Wars all by itself. Was it? Was it? So could, you, could you do that? Yes. Okay. I mean, you could do anything I think it, you want. I, I think it operates as a as a <laughs> as a huge, great like summer event. Um, probably the last good one, really, that Marvel did. Now that, that it, now that I'm thinking Devil's about Reign it, Devil's Reign happened. Devil's Reign was street level, though, right? It, like it, it was it, good. I still I still haven't read Devil's Reign, so please don't say anything. We didn't say we did. I'm just saying it's good. It yeah. Okay. Great yeah. Thing. Look at all that. Uh, what do you call that? Mm-hmm. Sediment. Sediment. Uh, We're drinking wine. So. Um, Secret Wars can absolutely be read on, on its own, but it also, I think it can be read three different ways. I think you can read it on its own. I think you can read it as the culmination of John Hickman's Marvel run. Yeah. And I think you can also read it as the Marvel Universe ending. Okay. Because it's, it's where the ultimate universe and the regular Marvel yeah. Universe, like, and, yeah. It's the and end I, of the multiverse. I don't want to spoil anything yeah. or whatever, yeah. but like, um, but that's me, in the very beginning. That's like yeah. in the first few pages. And I know it is such. Yeah. Can I tell you something as a retailer? Yeah. So that I was managing the Culver store when that came out. And a lot of people stopped getting comic books. They 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 looked at that. They got to the end of Secret Wars, and you know this feels like a good place to get off the train. And then they, and they they stopped reading Marvel comics, not because they they, they didn't, like, but they just like you know it. I'm just tired, and I've been collecting so long, and this feel this feels like a good enough good enough send off that oh, wow. I, I can stop right here. That's so he did his job a little too well. <clears throat> That's so but of course nothing ends, and then they keep going right. Yeah. Um. Outside of that, um, I love Ben Grimm. I don't know why. I mean, no. I I know why. I know why. I mean, I, everybody loves Ben Grimm, but like every time he's popped up in other things that I've read, everybody seems to know how to write him. He's like, so he, he, punctuated. Yeah, he he's so well developed as a character uh, that it doesn't matter what writer takes over if he's guest starring in another comic book or whatever. You're like, yeah, that's Ben Grimm, and I love him. Yeah. Um, and so I've had like bits and pieces of that. Uh, Steve uh, Howarth of uh, Pop Culture Maven lent me um, a one-shot story that was basically just like Ben Grimm getting pranked on by by Johnny Storm, and it was drawn by Walter Simonson. Oh, it's an incredible issue. I believe um, it. And uh, which I feel like is just the constant anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, is every time they reboot Fantastic Four, like with a new number one, I give it a shot, and you know it either like keeps me going or not yeah. the Dan slot one didn't quite like keep me going mm-hmm. and uh this more recent one i really enjoyed the first issue i haven't picked up the second issue yet just because that's my life yeah it's uh, ryan north yeah <laughs> uh but ryan has read every first issue of everything i've read every it. yeah you can ask me about the first issue of things and that's <laughs> about it um so i don't know if that really answers the question but no, it doesn't. Um, I, I don't yeah i don't have like a strong foundation for fantastic four to be honest yeah no for the fans that know that uh, i am a huge I, I i was like you guys so like i just i was like what's the big deal like they're peripheral characters they, they feel so convoluted and then i think the first thing i picked, I don't think any of that i think they're amazing oh, i just don't yeah. see it, it's just hard to put them in the greater universe Cameron, don't, put, don't put words in yeah, don't, 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 don't put words don't in put, mouth. i'm like this is how you feel about it no this <laughs> isn't <laughs> but literally i was like i they they were intimidating like whatever grant morrison or uh john, especially john hickman and that was the first run i picked up was the john hickman like trade yeah. on the youtube track and i was like okay whatever but it took a podcast that i love geek history lesson to show like do you guys like the 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 incredibles 
Okay, yeah, that course. is the yeah. Fantastic Four. I'm glad so you brought that up. Yeah, it's 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 just oh, they're actually just that, yeah. which is it's the family dynamic, and and you've said this, Ryan. I'm actually putting words that you have said in your mouth. That's fine. They're already or or you're just regurgitating words you're that he said. Describing the words that are in my mouth. Yeah, yeah you're and you and you didn't even say it just now, but Ben Grimm is the beating heart of the Marvel universe. I did say that. He is literally. I got like, taken to task for that. By I the way, I've heard Ryan that. say that a few there, times. The, to the point where, like now, because I'm I, I just love also the history and like the yeah. runs. He was Wolverine before Wolverine, like very literally. Marvel two in one is just a Ben Grimm team up book. And and then there's an ongoing thing title. There was like, literally, he was so popular, and he was just like, we want to see what this guy's up to and how he interacts with everyone in the Marvel universe. And then Frank Miller and Wolverine, like Frank Miller's Wolverine, came out, and kind of Wolverine has become that guy, where it's like he is such a focal point and like a navigation through the Marvel universe now. And so I heard, I heard that somewhere else where it's like Ben Grimm was that character before, and like. Genuinely, I just love the Fantastic Four so much to the point where when I read the Silver Age books, like, and actually, I I, I want to open this up to you guys. I like, I read the issue that th- this is a sequel to a couple years ago because I just think that the first hundred this man this monster this man this monster yeah the first hundred uh, issues of of FF which are Jack Kirby and Stan Lee's books. They're the single most influential books. I think the Fantastic Four is the most influential and important team in the Marvel Universe. And it is so heartbreaking that we have not gotten their film yet from the MCU because I'm like, they're so critical. Like, we, we've had everyone else's first appearance that was in that book, which is, you know, the the Inhumans, uh, Black Panther's first appearance is an FF book. We have... Uh, Did you watch that Inhuman show? Yeah, I watched the first episode, <laughs> and then I turned it off. But, like, literally, it's just... We, we're using all of these peripheral characters that are in the focal point of the FF, and I think a lot of those Silver Age books aren't readable. Yeah, so... But the I last think time the I sh- FF is. Yeah, so I... I that's a... That's great, Cameron. Um, <laughs> the last time I checked in with, Sil- I did check. I checked in with all the Silver Age. Okay, let me. I, I'm not going to recount my entire. You can go back and listen to an older episode okay. if you want to hear Ryan's history of comic books. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, but uh, you know, a while ago, an earlier version of Ryan did try to go back and read like the Silver Age Marvel stuff, and I just couldn't do it. I, I, yeah. I, I, I oh, was like, right. there's all this extraneous uh, writing. And oh, yeah. the, all the story is actually being told through the action. Like, you don't need to be reading anything, really, to be honest. Like, you could just look at what Jack Kirby's doing and kind of, like, go. But that was that was past Ryan. Uh, I think that I would have a whole new appreciation for this stuff mm-hmm. um, reading it today. But I love that you said this because Full Circle, I think, is a wonderful uh, – that's, that's what you're fishing for here, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So it is a wonderful introduction – uh, a starting platform, a yeah. training wheels uh, for Silver Age Fantastic Four. Yeah, and but again, and, and we're talking about the FF because also this is the first Fantastic Four book I've done on the podcast, and I'm like, I'm so shocked by myself because they're so important. But I have one more question before we get into the, even the book itself, and that is, do we think that, because this is Alex Ross's sequel to This Man, This Monster, Fantastic Four, issue number 51, which is a landmark issue in the series. First issue before the first uh, Black Panther. It's post. Um, it's literally the issue after all of the Galactus things. And so um, it, it was a standalone. It was really good. It's about Ben Grimm as the focal point, whether or not he wants to be this this monster anymore or as he sees himself as a monster. Um 
But going into the 60s of it all, Alex Ross wrote, which is a first, wrote and penciled this uh, volume. And colored. No, he didn't. Yeah, some of us colored him. Well, colored with him. But, yeah, I'm sure he, but he, he, he guided colored, them. He colored also. He Dude. partially colored. Oh, you're right. No, you're right. Okay, we're both right. <laughs> Alex Ross and a big shout out Look to at Josh that Johnson. First page, man. Oh, you're. It's beautiful. <laughs> but do we think that these voices of the '60s work in today's context? And I mean, could this could this volume sell as whatever Ryan North FF number one? And that's let's get Alan first, and then I'd love to hear Ryan's thoughts. I think this book could have been released, honestly, in any decade of any Fantastic Four iteration. Because it just seemed, it's, I was telling Ryan earlier, man, how do I want to word this? It's like such a simple story, mm-hmm. but it's also, it's it's got a lot of the family dynamic, but it's like, it feels like not a lot happens, but then a lot also happens. Yeah. But And it's like such a simple, easy read, but it's just so colorful and so just like vibrant and super just pretty to look at where you just, I don't know. It, it It's honestly, it feels like a timeless book. It really, it, which goes along with Alex Ross's style with, you know, he's got the timeless covers and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's a pun. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's, that's what I'm really looking for in comics is like, you know, we have, we know what the nineties <laughs> look like, but we don't like, I think when, when something Alex Ross is just the best example too, it has the staying power because it is just so beautiful and gorgeous yeah. that he, I think even this one, especially like yeah. the whole time with all like the pinks and blues and orange, it's just like all these Miami colors where it's just, yeah, Oh man, the coloring is just perfect. And I just I love just looking at the book. There were times when I had to reread a lot of the dialogue because I was just kind of looking at the art. Yeah, and that's such a special privilege to have another Alex Ross cuz he he could literally just make his living off color or covers and he doesn't. Um but Ryan, same question to you for the 60s. Uh do, do you think it works in the modern context? Uh definitely. Um I think it's also a good book that teaches people to pay attention to the artwork instead of just the story. Mm-hmm. Which I don't I don't want to make it sound like the story is bad or anything. Like Alex Ross did a fantastic exemplary job of uh trying to script a Silver Age uh Stanley joint. Um Ooh, that's great. But with still having like there were still uh, chuckles that came out of me um from little 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 side asides and little jokes and stuff the like sandwich. that from, from Johnny and Ben. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> so um but let's not get it twisted here. Like it it really is about the artwork. Mm-hmm. Um and the I have a lot of customers that just read and I was one of those customers who just read I think, I think just, I'm that just guy. read and just didn't even pay attention to the artwork, like, you know? And then, like, you get to the end, and you're like, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, well, you missed, like, at least half of it by not, like, you know, paying attention to the artwork. Um, so that being said, I think it's a great uh, uh, modern book in that regard because it, it teaches you to kind of – I think it's good training wheels, good teacher for Silver Age storytelling. It's a good teacher in terms of, like, getting you to appreciate the artwork instead of just looking at the dialogue. And um, as far as, like – other than that, like no, it is a throwback. Like it's, yeah. it is a throwback. But let me tell you, this book is sold fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think no I've, I, I think I've sold probably. Yeah, I, <laughs> oops. <laughs> uh, I I think we've sold probably thirty or forty copies. It, um, yeah. So that's a lot of one book. Yeah, and I'm gonna keep selling it. It's perennial. This is as yeah. long as they keep this in print. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I will keep it on the shelf. And I think that like I. If if you're doing that too, if you see the person buying it, I just highly recommend that like 
because I have the first two Omnis of the FF by Jack Jack and Stan, and it's literally like I don't read I don't read them cover to cover, but like, you know, the fir- all those first appearances, all the most influential. Like we have event books because of the the Galactus arc of yeah. the Fantastic Four, and so like just tell them like, hey, I highly, highly, highly recommend that this man, this monster, because that is just such a good story. Yeah, I've never read that, and I want to. I actually hadn't heard of it until now. I didn't know this was a sequel. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. It awesome. doesn't need to be. You know, yeah. you can just pick this up and read it. Oh um, yeah, I mean, I read it as a self-contained story, and I thought yeah, it was like great that, just by itself. That right there is a panel. Right? This is all straight out of this man, this monster. Yeah, that's like the cover, yeah. Which is kind of interesting because he's doing this more in his like kind of signature (laughs) rendered style uh, for these flashbacks. That's kind of fascinating. And then he goes back to the higher contrast. I I love all of this art. This art's incredible. The way he did the negative zone. Oh, my God. Oh, the negative zone coloring. Dude, just the whole thing. Like, I love this like where it looks like gasoline and on the pavement in the sunlight. Like how he drew or did the colors on the, the suits. It's Which, like, by the way, that's the perfect way to describe that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Gasoline in the sun on the pavement. It's 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 the the sheen. Yeah. Um, the oh and especially too, you know what blows my mind is this is actually an arc. I I I believe if you read mythology, <laughs> which is a. Uh, that's how fresh it is. Yeah, that's uh, because I didn't read the side of my bed. For oh my gosh! Weeks, sorry. No, no, that's mine. I didn't. <laughs> oh, I didn't side of camera. Oh, the, oh weeks, the, the pages stuck together because it's been by your bed, huh? <laughs> I haven't read that. No, <laughs> this is a PG podcast. This is a no. I I didn't read this. I didn't copy. say why. I didn't you, say why either. I just probably having maple syrup and with waffles. I like it. to eat pancakes in bed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's no, I didn't read that copy because Ryan someone didn't pick up their hardcover slipcase version yeah. of this book and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to buy that then. But um yeah, yeah no. you're welcome that I didn't buy that. Yeah, instead. Alan texted me. It was the best. But going into uh, uh I guess more more questions on this book. Um I guess we didn't even talk about quite the story itself. How did how did you guys like this story? I it's a good. It's a nice little classic reminder of again Silver Age uh, storytelling, and um, that is an art form unto itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I really loved honestly that it was just I, I my my style of reading or comic consumption I guess is uh, I really love self-contained stories i don't really love reading you know series that have like you know spawn for example it's been going on for you know 25 years and it's still going you know or or stories like that i love self-contained stories that are just like i can i can read them enjoy them just in the in their own you know cover to cover whatever um and i love this i love that it was just like it was kind of more lighthearted of a story. So yeah. it's so, you know, when you're talking about being in the sixties or whatever, it was reminiscent of like silver age comics or whatever, where it was like, you know, the stakes can be high, but it was a, a bit more playful. It wasn't so serious. And it was just a really fun book to read. You know, the art was just so banging. Yeah. The colors are so cool. They're so vibrant. And yeah, it, it was just a simple, fun, family story like in in the cheesiest way to put it yeah and i just i really just loved reading it like hype of alex ross aside like genuinely just super enjoyable yeah i was surprised with because i don't think that you know i guess my best example and and not to speak of the dead i don't think writers as artists can can translate as well as you know i don't think so either you know 
But lately, I've been surprised by a few titles that are just like, oh my gosh, I think uh, I'm looking at Catwoman Lonely City, where it's like, oh my gosh, Cliff Chang, that he wrote the hell out of that book. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about Alex Ross as a writer. Oh, he did good. He did amazing. Yeah, he did good. He did great. And so, um, actually... I, yeah. Last 10 years, the... Uh, Last ten years, one of my favorite things in the last like ten years has been writer or artists that have felt comfortable enough uh, to strike out and just do their own books. Because I, I feel bad by saying this because actually something about Lock and Key you were mentioning earlier, and that's oh, a writer, a writer and an artist. Obviously, um, there are some incredible, some of my favorite all time comic books are uh, a writer and an artist. However, I do think kind of comic books in their purest, actual best state are books that are written and drawn by the same person. No, I think you're right. And, and to the point where my, it's my favorite run of all time yeah. is is Daredevil by Frank Miller. And yeah. it's 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 Daredevil by Frank Miller. You yeah. know, Klaus Janssen as well. But uh, I, I will say an artist turned writer is uh, Scotty Young. I absolutely <laughs> loved, well, I've only read one book by him. Speak your uh, piece, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, we're here for it. Okay. So, The Me You Love in the Dark. One of the best books I've ever read. Here, here. I, I, <laughs> I, I loved it. Ryan recommended it to me. I read it, and, oh, my, I, I want to say I read it in, like, 10 minutes. I loved it so much. But mm. I just, like, oh, I loved it. I'm not as huge a fan of his style of art. He is good at what he does, yeah. but I'm less of a fan of his art, but his writing is incredible. We've had some harsher worded conversations. <laughs> and I'm, I'm with, trying to keep it nice. I'm with, people, people I'm with Alan. In, people dig him, and that's fine. I'm just yeah. not as I'm with Alan. For, yeah, Scotty he, Young he's, and I. He's a really gifted and talented artist, but his writing is much better than his art. Comparisons to Teen Titans Go have been made, and that should really be how you receive that because I, I love Teen Titans Go. Teen, I hate Teen Titans. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, um, you know, I, I I actually just like really love the story, and I and I love. I think as I get as I read more and more comics too, because I was talking to a lot of people today about what kind of writers I like. You know, I like I the heady stuff is really fun, where it's like, oh my gosh, it's so broad and the scope is so wide but i'm like this is so grounded and it's just like such an earnest i just read also the uh earnest is a good word sp yeah. uh, spider-man human torch miniseries by dan slot which mm. is just i didn't even know that existed it's it's so low-key and it's collected in a random thing trade also by dan slot also amazing but um it was a canceled thing run that he did like right after she hulk but uh it was it's 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 a decade look at story of uh Peter Parker and Johnny Storm as they relate to each other as Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And the last issue is Peter revealing himself to Johnny and like how that goes about. And, and but each issue is, did he get arrested after revealing himself? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was complicated, <laughs> but it was, all right, um, keep it PG camera. Come on. Yeah. That was on me for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, it was, it's, the first issue is Ditko style art, and I big props to Ty Templeton. But next is like Roger Stern era, then it's it's Alien Symbiote and uh, John Byrne era, and and then it goes all the way up to modern. But uh, it was it was which like uh, which book is this? It's just called Spider Man Human Torch, okay. and it's by Dan Slott's five issues. It was like 2010 or something. Yeah, it's like 2005. Like Ryan, see if you can order that. I want to read it. I probably can't get it. It's the no, you <laughs> can maybe. It's the, it's called like the Thing Human Torch by Dan Slott, and. Okay. And it's it's just so freaking good. Maybe it's on previews. 
It's definitely on previews because I I, I know it's Let still. Let Cameron finish about his book. All right, all right, sorry. Go, but, continue. But I like that because it's so like sweet and and there's so many callbacks to these amazing eras in comics and that's what this is and I'm like I just want to read the books that are like call outs to my favorite generations and I'm like I'm like oh wow. You know, when I think about it now, nobody did pick up after 50, like that guy just kind of disappeared in the negative zone forever. And now it's like Alex Ross is like, that mattered to me when I was nine. I want to write that story. And so I just, it's so, that's all I want in my comic books. Cause it, cause it's also to the point where I read 51, but Alan didn't, and you were still able to enjoy the story in the same vein. I'm like, oh, that's just the best. Uh, it's, I guess it goes to show that. Oh, I didn't read 51. Yeah. You should have. Well, and I'm calling you out. <laughs> There's a lot of comic Com- books out comic there. Shop yeah. Owner. Yeah. He's like, I only hey, read he, issue he, one. Yeah, only issue one ever for Ryan. 52? 51, yeah. I mean? Yeah. Come on. He's barely going to read a second issue of a series he likes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's why we're forcing him to read the stories that we I think the only like. thing he's ever read all the way through is probably uh, Hellboy, right? And Swamp Thing. Or no, Thing. Lock and Key you've read. And Swamp Thing. Oh, I've read all Alan kinds Moore. of runs. And why the last man? His favorite. I've read was, lots of runs. Don't do this to me right now. Right? <laughs> I would like to put it on the record that Ryan's favorite comic is Vibe by Andrew Kreisberg and Jeff Johns, New Fifty Two. Uh, yes. <laughs> is it? I endorse. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just look at it in the dollar bin, and I just I picked it up today because I'm like, it's still here. Why didn't anyone get this? Um, okay, so uh, la- last two questions. Number one. Who was your favorite character? And you can also, if you don't have a favorite character, because they're all great in this volume, who's your favorite member of the Fantastic Four? Oh, that's easy. I mean, okay. I, uh, Ryan first. Ryan first. I mean, come on. I'm going to base my answer on him. It's Ben Grimm. Yeah. It is Ben Grimm. He's the best character ever. Yeah. And like, oh my it's gosh. The correct answer. I feel like what's hard about it, though, is when the 60s can work, is like, I just... I want his dialogue in the comic, in this comic in particular, too, to be his dialogue in the movie. But I'm yeah. like, I just, I can't, nobody can say it out loud in the voice that I'm thinking, you know? I think it can work. It, it would be a revolting development if it didn't work. Oh, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like, like it, what a revolting development. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I just want them to be on Yancey Street, too. Yeah. Like, oh. Can you just think about how awesome it's going to be when he says clobber in time? Oh my gosh. It's clobber in time and like, uh, I got an Aaron Cooter uh, original sketch of Ben Grimm because also he's like such a cool character for any artist to draw. Yeah. Like everyone's take is different because yeah. it's such a distinct voice though. And he wrote Drink Your Milk and Your is spelled Y-E-R and I just love yeah. it. <laughs> like, uh, Okay, Alan, uh, favorite member? Uh, Well, now I'm feeling out of place. Oh, you're going to be contrarian? Yeah, be contrarian. I'm not going to be contrarian. Be contrarian. There's four members of the team. So. <laughs> No, I I I kind of liked, I really liked Johnny Storm throughout yeah, this. I mean, Johnny Storm's great through, throughout this this read because uh, he kind of reminds me about like, kind of reminds me of me when I was in like my teens and early twenties. Yeah, just you're real hothead. No, not not the hothead part. More like the the pranking and the joking yeah. and just the like the kind of all over the place where he's telling everybody, "Let's go fight." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go a few rounds. Yeah, let's go Guys fight. are five times your I've size. Been in, I've been in one fight as a teenager. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? I, I won. Okay, that was my next question. <laughs> I, I, I won the fight. It's, I've only been in one fight and never again. Oh my gosh, I'm just thinking about Wyatt Wingfoot and like all the best characters in this run. Oh my gosh. Uh, let, let me say too, when I fought this one person when I was a teenager, I was sticking up for somebody else. Good, let you're a hero. Yeah, you I wasn't. I wasn't fighting to be a bully. You're a superhero. I, I was. I was fighting against a bully. I love and that. I won. 
I love that. That's it. That's it. we'll make a comic on that. Um, I I also love Johnny Storm, but also I think this one actually. I listened to an interview on um, what's the other comic podcast? Word Balloon, which is the John John Centris podcast, where he interviewed Alex Ross, and that's why I went to listen because you never get to hear like what Alex Ross feels, and so he talked about. He changed his character artist for Reed Richards, and he he listed the name of the actor. It's an old old school actor that he was using, and it is just so identical. And I'm like, oh, when because he's like, when I look at Jack Kirby's art, that's who I see is this actor. And so then you know he looks up all the millions of photos of that guy, and it, it, it's him now. And it, he changed the style. I guess maybe not in this book, but a little bit. Let's say midway through his art art career in in comics, but. You can really see it, and I just love it. So I couldn't tell you who the artist's name is, and I'm, yeah. Ryan's looking at me like, Who, Who's the actor name? I No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I know, that. that's I, why. I will say, one of my favorite things about the Fantastic Four is Reed Richards' hair. Reed Richards is so freaking cool. Uh, I so badly wish that I can get that salt and pepper on the sides. <laughs> that's the one I thing mean, that I wish you could make it happen. No, but it has to be natural. It has to be natural. Yeah, I like, that's I would, cosmic I wish... Race. <laughs> One of one of my friends has it, and I look at it every time I see him. Why don't you just take a spaceship up? Uh, take a spaceship for a joyride. I feel like I might go bald from the stress. <laughs> you might become a rock monster as well. Yeah, I definitely don't want to become Ben Grimm. Oh my gosh, I just you know I don't I, I didn't say it, but I also I'll say it. Ben Grimm is my favorite like Marvel character of all time, and that's not even I said my favorite comic is Daredevil, but Ben Grimm, hard stop, my favorite of all time Marvel character because he's just so fun. I, I I feel like I'd have to think about it for a long time. Who my oh. favorite Marvel character is? It's like because he is the moral center, and it's like he just the, the the fundamental of of him being if you were to meet that in person, the scariest person, but he is the heart of gold. Where he's just like I want to be accepted and loved, and uh, he, he's the most welcoming, you know, he, it makes him the most approachable. So I had, I had a friend that got really mad when I said Ben Grimm was the beating heart of the Marvel universe. He was like, uh, excuse me, Peter Parker would I like to have a word with you. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Spider-Man is probably the mascot it, poster boy for like, I, is different, but you know, but I think without getting into like too many things, I think something right away, Ben Grimm is a monster. And I think if there's anything that's like actually really, really like, emblematic of marvel comic books it's again that imperfect like uh still being a hero despite those imperfect circumstances oh yeah and um i i just think ben Grimm embodies that more than peter parker no i i just think that like peter parker could go get all the ladies if he wants he def- yeah. marries a supermodel can you give me a break yeah <laughs> and he's full of himself a lot of the time He's, he's, I think the Parker luck is like what draws people back yeah. of all time. It's like when Peter Parker's doing really well, Spider-Man is in and yeah. then I'll flip it around. But like Ben Grimm is, is just, he like, it's, it's the, it's the family of it all yeah. because, and, and I guess this is, I don't mean to be this guy, but Peter Parker doesn't have that. You know, he has Aunt May and he'll just fight for Aunt May, yeah. but it's like, you know, it's all, it's all looking back at uncle Ben. It's not. It's not. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna go kick Johnny's ass right now, and and because whatever thing or the Yancey Street Gang, I'm gonna go speak some words to those boys. Like, that's what Ben Grimm has, and and it's just so. Um, ben Grimm feels like a grandfather or like an uncle yeah. that like is a good guy, is a good role model for you. Oh yeah. Um, as a guy, I guess as a girl too, obviously. No, you're. I, I, it's equal opportunity, but. Yeah, and, um, and 
and he came from like a rough and tumbled neighborhood. Yeah. Like, and, and, and even, uh, what's his face? T- he f- feels like Jack Kirby. I mean, Jack Kirby went, went to world war two. No, like, right. like, I don't know if that's a part of Ben. I don't think that's a part of Ben Grimm's. It is. It is. Okay. Oh no, no. Oh, sorry. Not him going to world war two. Is he a veteran or anything? He might be actually. I think, I uh, think I'm he not is. Sure. But it just kind of feels like him a little bit. But Jack um, Kirby, no. And I would argue, too, that bec- due to the Marvel method of writing, I think Fantastic Four a lot more Jack Kirby yeah. than Stanley. I think Stanley, when he's writing, Stanley's writing Reed and Stu, I think Jack Kirby is yeah. Ben. Yeah. And that's his his biggest influence on the Marvel Universe. Um, last, Can we? So go ahead. Yeah, no, go, no, go no, for it. Nope. You no, have a question. No, you're the host. I don't care. I'm, it's your shop. I just can we talk about Alex Ross's art in this book? Oh, did we yeah. not? I've been trying to talk about it, but Cameron <laughs> wants to talk about other things. I, mean, I just want to talk about Ben Grimm all I, day that's long. That's fine. <laughs> I just, I, I, for the very least, just because this is so yeah. unlike anything we've seen from Alex Ross before. Do you think so? Yeah, because yes. I think Alex I just Ross, think it's perfect. Alex I just Ross, think it is. But I it, think he it, does so much like, so, like all those timeless covers and everything. It's so like almost photorealistic. But this, like color-wise, and and there's like sketches in here and all that. It seems a little less straightforward, Alex Ross. And there's like so much like mood here. Like, look at this. It's all blue, and it's not like it doesn't look like typical Alex Ross style. It's so good. And then like, look at all these. Look at all these colors. I mean, he's still penciling it the way he. You know, it's still Alex Ross illustration, but obviously the way that it's been colored. Uh, and inked. There's all this contrast. You don't get any contrast, and you never, you know. yeah. but but that's what makes his his typical artwork so amazing because it has this feeling of like it's real, but it's also not real. Like it it's it looks like what the real comic book world is supposed to look like. But then when you actually just take a picture of somebody in a costume, doesn't look as he he like draws it. like the way Batman sixty six would look on the page. Yeah. Which, but like, oh man, it looks so cool. But I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I, I'm obviously I respect Alex Ross to hell and back, but I'm way more into this. this oh, is me the, too. This is the most excited I've ever been about his artwork. I um, think the colors oh really God. make okay, it. Okay, now too. I'm gonna be your friend. Kingdom Come would like to have a word. And Kingdom Come's incredible, and so is uh, I think. Marvel's, I think the so art in this, and so is every other, and all of the covers that he's been doing over the years. They're all amazing. But just to me, on a personal level. Yeah. I like color and I like this yeah. contrast and I like this. Look at that, Cameron. Look at Cameron, this. Yeah, look, look at, at that. all the color pop right here. Yeah, because Honestly, the rest of the page I, is black and white. I want to say I agree with Ryan. I think that all the color pops, all the contrast, all the different like moods, like look at this. They're going into the negative zone. Like he, He's doing pop art, right? So like he's he's trying to connect. This is what he's saying. He's trying to connect with Jack Kirby. Yeah, yeah. But like Alex this Ross is, is this is very much this <clears throat> big splash I mean, page look is at this, a look at this Kirby back. crackle right here. Well, you got the crackles. This is one hundred percent just like because Kirby would actually just this take is, like a photo reference and just paste it on the back of the page. But even to the point where this is a callback to FF fifty one. Right. Um. Anyway, I, that being I, said, I it's exciting for somebody that like Alex Ross who's been refining the same thing. Yeah. For decades. And has it in him to just like take a big risk, a big wild swing like this with his art style, and it's a, my opinion, a tremendous success. Um, I agree. I I think that's all. I every, he, I everything else. I hope he discovered a little bit about this while he was doing it, and continues to play around um, with I, with with these these tools. I I wonder if you'll do a book like this again, whether it's you know Marvel or DC or whatever. Um, 
Because, you know, like the, what is it in movies, like the sophomore slum or yeah. whatever? Like, I wonder if he'll do it again and if he'll, you know, strike gold with oh, that man. one. Oh, man, I'm trying to imagine him now doing, like, another Silver Age callback and doing a Thor book or doing a, you know, an X-Men book or, or, or whatever. I think, um, I think he's drawn to, like, some of the same characters over and over. Like, like I mean, for DC, you know who I think is his favorite character and it's like, oh, it makes me love him more? Is Captain Marvel. And, yeah. I'm, and I don't yeah. mean Shazam, I mean Captain Marvel. And I think the FF are that for him. You know what I mean? I think he likes Spider-Man as, not, as much as the next guy. Yeah. But I think his heart is on this. You know what I mean? Definitely. He pitched I, I would this. love to see him do uh, uh, Captain Marvel, but it would probably be called Shazam. But I would love to see him do, like, yeah, a, a this style book in, in DC. I think it'd be super cool to see. All right, that's it. I just wanted to. Not you no, want to talk about the art? I, I mean, art, I mean, it's Alex Ross. He's art, an artist. Come on, man! It's, yeah. it's, oh, I just look at it. It's un- I have all, all, look, look at this page. Dude, seriously, oh my god! It's when a this... big atrocitous splash page, which is like honestly the villain I want to see in the next Fantastic. I think the villain we will see in the next Fantastic Four movie. Atrocitous is cool. I'm mm. like, uh, I'm like, yeah. Okay, we've seen Doctor Doom. That's all I have to say. I'm like, I don't want what? Galactus. No, we haven't. Not I mean, really. we've seen two okay, mediocre versions. Not even okay. No, that's fine. Versions. But I'm like, I'm like in the same way where I'm like, I don't want to see Joker in a Batman movie. I want to see anyone else. Yeah, we've already seen a great. I mean, are you saying Jokers. you didn't like Fan Four Stick? Yeah, no, Fan Four Stick. I'm like <laughs> Doctor Doom. It's like, but Atrocitus is my preferred. And you know who I'd also love to see is the Mad Thinker. Like, there's some cool Fantastic Four villains that nobody. I don't think Mole Man would work. <laughs> well, they already you already got him in the Incredibles. Yeah, exactly, the exactly. The Underminer, yeah. Exactly, and I'm like, okay. Oh my god. That's it's oh, just dude. All this the negative zone is the coolest. I love it because he's using these like hot pinks, hot green, these like super vibrant ass colors. And it's the negative zone. It's supposed to be this dark, monstrous place, but look at how bright and amazing and vibrant it is. Alrighty. Um. Last. Wait. Do we even? Okay. We went through our favorite characters. Okay. Let's let's rate it, and then we can we can end the episode because also. Oh, that's an easy one. I yeah, didn't. All right. All right. I Ryan or camera first, then Ryan. Then I didn't. I didn't want to say. Um. I didn't want to say. Mention the art. I didn't have too many questions about the art because. It's Alex Ross, and even with these colors, I'm glad you mentioned you the coloring. You have to comment palette. on it though, yeah. because it's Alex Ross. But we've never seen Alex Ross like this ever. No. I would love to see Alex Ross like this a lot, and even his new Fantastic Four covers; those were super banging. Then they were more in line with this than his typical um, timeless stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's. All right, let's rate this book. Okay, um, Cameron, what do I give it? I'm gonna give it a. It's really good. It's really good. But is it perfect? And that's why I need to start, start asking myself, it is perfect. Um, I give it a 10. I give it a 10. It's on a scale of 10. I give it a 10 because literally I just, it hits a lot of beats I want. It's really pleasing. And like, it's, I think overall it's just so satisfying. And that's enough for me. So, all right. I give it a 10. Uh, would recommend. Pick it up. If you've never read a Fantastic Four story, pick this up. Um yeah, and it takes place in the 60s. Then go read all the Jack and Stan in the world. Then go read Mark Wade's run. Okay. Uh, Ryan, you're next. Yep. Okay. 10 out of 10. Yay. Oh my gosh. I feel like 10 out of 10. Is that rare? No. I mean, look, I, I I judge things. I go by the, the Ebert scale. Okay. Okay. Um, I judge something by what it's setting out to do. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Even if it's not my thing. So if, if a book is setting out to do something, how successful is it, uh, in, 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 in that thing of setting out to do, 
this is a perfect execution yeah, in what it really it's trying is. to do. It's yeah. perfect execution. Um, and I recommend it to everybody except for people that are like, eh, but the writing, I don't know. Um, that's a, my impersonation. Is, I don't know what that, that is. That was the most adorable <laughs> bad customer out that, there. That was accurate. That was accurate. I've um, heard that. Uh, but, but anybody else that's actually like sincere about like respecting artwork and yeah. um, at least going 50-50 on it uh, with, with the storytelling – and uh, having a small modicum of context of appreciation for the kind of storytelling that came out of the Silver Age, I think it's a perfect book. Okay, great. Okay, and uh, Alan? Uh, I also give it a 10 out of oh 10. Oh, my gosh. And it, 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 Ryan kind of took a lot of what I was going to say, but, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> for, 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 mine. For, some, for someone who is, of the three of us, the least well-versed in comic history and the, all the storylines and and all that sort of stuff, and who's also I guess the newest into comics of the three of us. Um, uh, and I think I would say I'm probably the of the three of us too the most average consumer of comics. Yeah. Comics, and I enjoyed it so much. And just like I said earlier, I was kind of lost in the art, and sometimes I had to reread some of the dialogue because I was just so just in awe of just the pages that I was just looking at. And yeah. so so I think for that alone, for it to just really draw me in and kind of keep me there, I think that it's a 10 out of 10. Oh, great. Well, <clears throat> all right. Well, you heard it from us. Now, basically, run to your comic 30 shop. 30 out of 30. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the first time it's ever happened on the podcast. Run to Pulp Fiction Comics in yeah. Long Beach. Now, right this second. Well, when the podcast comes out, maybe I'll have more. Yeah. But right, as of right <laughs> now, I'm sold out, I think. Yeah, you know what? That should be uh, that should yep, be the telling sign, too. Uh, yeah, and then go read more Fantastic Four, because I, I think they're they're, I think they're more influential than the Avengers. So uh, go check it out. Uh, go pick it up. This is as They've comics. They've also been more consistent than the Avengers in their lineup. Yeah, you're t- <laughs> Actually, you'd be surprised, all right? The Hulk was yeah. a member. at one, we, and had, I, we had a Hulk, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, yeah. and Spider-Man. And that I, just came out. They, they, there's yeah. the rehash of it, the new FF. Um no, I get it, but they're still they're yeah. still they're still there. And also, can I just say to you, the, the members that they have come that have come on board have also been like the best additions. As in, Spider Man and She Hulk are just like basically members of the Fantastic Four. Also, no, I see that the new Fantastic Four and then the Fantastic Five and then all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, like whenever someone when Johnny has passed away in the past, Peter Parker was Great. part of the. Now FF. I'm never gonna read that. Okay, well, guess what? He came back to life, all right? <laughs> and then... Uh, Are you saying that Marvel doesn't... When they end stuff, they don't end it? Yeah, believe it or not. The only person they haven't brought back is Uncle Ben. Yeah, yet. yet. <laughs> and then... Uh, was it Ben Grimm? When he leaves, I mean, it's yeah, She-Hulk. DC brought back Thomas Wayne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Marvel... Or Martha, brought, too. And Marvel br- brought back Bucky. So, you know what? Anyways, um, make sure to go check out Cameron's Comics on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And make sure to check out uh, Pulp Fiction Comics. Is it LB or Long Beach? Okay, but I mean yeah, on Pulp, Instagram. Pulp Fiction Long Beach oh, uh, on Instagram. Uh, it's Pulp Fiction Long Beach. Pulp Fiction Long Beach on Instagram and Casual Comicer spelled C O M I C K E R. So go check that out. Go follow both of them if you're not doing it already. We will see you guys next time. Bye.